0: Welcome to the Bermagui Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Here you'll find the recording of messages from our weekly gatherings. We pray you'll be challenged and encouraged by today's message. So as I mentioned last week, those that were here and those that remember, I did briefly mention that you know over the next couple of weeks, um, I didn't really want to do like a, a Vision Sunday where it's just all in the one Sunday and if you miss it, too bad. I guess I just want to sort of, I guess, have it as a, a rolling theme for the next little while to sort of explain and to sort of flesh out, I guess, what I'm getting to in the in the sense of our focus for the year. You know, for since I've been in this role and, and starting to put together the newsletter, um, and it was that first year, it was straight off the fires. I really thought, no, what's what what, what does our focus need to be for the year? And um, and so I'm not necessarily calling it our, our vision, our church's vision, or anything like that, but just for this year, what What is it that I feel that God's really leading us into? Um, So what I'm doing today is, I guess, starting to to dig into that a little bit, but at the same time, actually continuing the theme that I have been on for the last couple of weeks. So the last couple of weeks, I have been talking about um, what does it mean to be like Jesus? So I've been putting up this little, little graphic. And I started with the premise that you know, like our, our, our connection to Jesus and our, and our relationship with Jesus has to be so much more than just the click of a button to say, oh yeah, I like, like, like that. I like what he does. We're called to be like Jesus. We're called to follow in his footsteps. We're called to be molded and shaped according to him and according to, to who he, he is. And so over the last couple of weeks, I've done a few messages around, you know, what does that actually look like? What does it mean to be like Jesus? What are the the attributes and the character of Jesus that we're called to be like? So, you know, I I gave, I think I've done three now, you know, taking time to be like Jesus. The fact that he paced himself well to, to actually pay attention to the people around him. That he chose mercy. That, you know, he had every right to Be the judge and to, to bring punishment upon humankind, you know, he had that right where we were in the wrong, we were sinful, but he chose mercy. And last week, I spoke about how that he's called us to serve others, and he demonstrated that in his own ministry throughout his ministry. Not only, you know, in that moment where he spoke and taught about servanthood when, when he washed the feet of the disciples. So, how does this tie into our, our focus? If you've seen it in the in the newsletter there, I've given a bit of a blurb there. I'll let you just read that later if you haven't. But the main word I guess that I focus on is renewal. Renewal. What does it mean to to be renewed? What does it mean to be refreshed? Now, there's, a, there's a number of words you could put in that that, that fit the same thing, but renewal was the one that, that came to mind for me. So I guess to sort of I guess set the um, set the groundwork for, 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 for what this means, I guess, from, from the perspective that I put this together with, is that, you know, the dictionary describes renewal as the act of starting again or starting to do something again. You know, starting up is to, is to renew and to, 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 to get going. You know, within Christian circles, this term can be described as a state or the process of being made spiritually new in the Holy Spirit. And, you know, for the sake of this focus for the year, for, for, for the year 2022, um, I'm still wrapping my head around saying that even. Is that it's a it's a mix of both of those. Because you know, we need the Holy Spirit to be renewed, don't we? You know, that's that's his role, that's his job, that's that's the very purpose he was given. But in that act of being renewed by the Holy Spirit, it means getting into some things and restarting. And and after the last two years that we've had, excuse me, I really feel that we're in a season where we're needing to, to be renewed. Because, you know, obviously these last two years has been quite tasking on, on everyone. It really has. You know, not only, you know, as a globe facing this pandemic, obviously that's taken its toll and continues to take its toll. But for us locally here in Bermagui and on the south coast, you know, we, we kicked that off with fires. They just drastically reshaped our landscape. You know, we, we lost portions of towns. And so with that, and just coming to terms of that, and then coming to terms and wrapping our heads around this pandemic and, and all that that's done and all the reactions and responses that have been made around the world and by our government and by people around us, it's caused a lot of stallage. It's, it, it's not even really a word, but it's caused a lot of people to stall, hasn't it? It's caused a lot of people to sort of go, oh, hang on, I need to just pull up stumps here a little bit and just see what's going to happen. And so what I really feel that God's saying is that, well, okay, that's happened, yes, it's time to start to be renewed. It's time to pick up some things and start again. It's time to, to get the ball rolling. Yeah? Churches did their best. Yeah? And I, I think as a church, we, we, we managed fairly well during that time where we had, to, we had to go online. We had to try and do it from home as best as we could. We had to still try and connect and, and, and fellowship and look after each other despite lockdowns and, and the restrictions that we faced. You know, this effect has been, you know, whether it was right or wrong in the sense of our response, but, you know, due to fear, due to anxiety, due to the uncertainty, due to the, just the unknown, and just due to the, the fact that we've had just change. We've had just really quite radical change in our society, not only because of the pandemic, pandemic but just in, I guess, the response of, of our community and the response of people to each other uh, for, it, for it, in, in, a, in a spectrum of, of areas, not just our health and things like that, but just the, the way we interact as a society and things like that. And even though all of us would be going through this process differently, it is universal. I really do believe that every person on this planet really has been rocked by this. And as believers, I really think we need to let our ears prick at that a little bit. Okay, you know, when, when, when things start to rock the whole world, we need to... Pay attention, because I think God's at work. Not that he started the pandemic or caused the pandemic or anything. I'm not saying that. But when there's global shifts, I think that's signs of the times, as, as the scriptures say. And I'm not saying this idea of uh, stalling and, and stopping is, is descriptive in the sense that we've all just, just totally stopped but it's, it's more instinctive where it was, just, it was almost an automatic thing of just going, oh, okay, there's, a, there's something new coming up, there's change, how am I going to respond to that? How am I going to react to that? What does that mean in my life and in my world? What has that actually changed? And so that does cause you to just go, all right, let's just see how this rolls out so I can get going again. You know, so we've all dealt with these things differently but we can all grow to be more like Jesus. We can all step into something new and something deeper in our walk with Jesus. So even though we're in a season where things are still changing, things are shifting in our community, I think it's time to start to renew. It's time to start to get that ball rolling again, to restart aspects of our, our Christian experience, our expression, how we do life as... The community and the, and the body of Christ here in Bermuda, and I think part of that is actually starting some things new as well, because the fact is, when there is big change, you have to change the way we do things. We have to change the way that we operate. Yeah. You know? In business, it's the same thing. You have a business, and, and you know the the market shifts. You've got to shift with it; otherwise, you, you miss your chances. In the church, our community shifts. It doesn't mean that our core beliefs change or anything like that, that stays the same. The gospel stays the same. But maybe the way we present things, maybe the way we do things will be different. But the only way and the best way we can do this is through the Holy Spirit. And so my focus for the year is, you know, okay, let's embrace that. Let's embrace the renewal. Let's embrace the changes that are coming up both individually and as a church. And in the newsletter you'll see I sort of highlighted three things. I'm not going to go into them, but I'll read them out. Is that, you know, I'm believing we're going to see renewal of prayer and worship. We're going to see renewal of biblical understanding and renewal of community engagement. And the verse that I sort of tagged to the end of that was Ephesians 4. And so I only quoted the one little bit there at the top where it says, growing in every way more like Christ. But this is the whole passage, Ephesians 14 to 15. It says, Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed about, tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. So how do we be renewed? What does that mean? And I want to continue with this theme. How do we be be renewed like Jesus? What did Jesus do to renew himself? What did Jesus do to to keep the ball rolling, to to, to stay fresh in his ministry? And the fact is there's no sort of, I guess, one story. So I'm not going to be highlighting just one particular verse. There's just a few quick ones I want to sort of highlight to, to finish off this message. But I really do feel that they demonstrate, I guess, that attitude that Jesus had that just kept him fresh, that kept him connected to God. So the first one is, is that Jesus took time to be with the Father. In Mark chapter 1, 35 says, before daybreak, the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Luke chapter 5, verse 16 says, but Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Again in Luke, Luke chapter 6, verse 12, says one day soon afterwards, Jesus went up onto a mountain to pray and he prayed to God all night. And there's many more references. And if you're familiar with the Gospels, this was a common theme that Jesus did. He drew away. He, 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 he removed himself from the crowd and removed himself from his disciples at times. Sometimes it was him and his disciples. He sort of said, no, we need to pull away. We need, we need some time to, to renew and refresh ourselves. You need some time in my presence you know, to, to get that deeper learning, to go to that next level of, of your ministry. But he took time to be in the presence of God. Yeah? Yes, he was God the Son, but he knew the importance of being in the presence of God, of spending time in prayer, spending time just in the presence of God. You know, life is exhausting. It is. It takes, us, takes its toll on us. And so we need to find that pace that not only gives us rest physically, but also spiritually. And, you know, that's what Sabbath is about. You know, we're commanded to take Sabbath. But Jesus made a point in his ministry to sort of demonstrate, well, Sabbath wasn't just about following the rules and making sure you, know, you only walked so far or you only did so many things. No, he demonstrated that Sabbath was about taking time out to rest, yes. Physical rest is important. It's a principle that you know, just works, doesn't it? Anyone here that knows, if you push and push and push, day in, day out, and don't take that day of rest, you wreck yourself. There's a physical principle in place there that just works. But there's a spiritual principle there as well, and Jesus highlighted that. just saying, well, oh, it doesn't really matter which day, take time out to be in the presence of God. Take time to renew yourself and take that rest in the presence of God. Another thing Jesus did. Jesus delegated and allowed others to step up. Even though there was only one Jesus, and even though he was the son of God, he knew it couldn't all be upon him. He knew for his gospel to impact the world, it had to go beyond him. And that's why he rose up the 12 disciples. That's why he rose up even more than that. We hear about the 12 and they're sort of the focus, I guess, of of, of the stories we hear and that sort of thing. But there's many more that he sent out. Matthew chapter 10, verses 5 to 8 says, These 12 Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter, enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you received, now freely give. And again, in Luke chapter 10, verses 1 to 2, it says, The Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. These were his instructions to them. The harvest is great but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his field. You know, Jesus knew that it had to be a body ministry. It had to go beyond him. It had to become the church. And the fact is, we need to remember that you know, we can't do this alone. This Christian walk is actually designed and created to be done in fellowship, to be done in community with each other. You know, we can't, I guess to clarify that, you know, like we're not saved because of each other. There's a personal step that we each take to, to, to surrender our lives to Jesus Christ. And there's personal responsibility in that. But in our ministry, in, in what God's calling us to do, in our personal growth and becoming more like Jesus, that takes community. That takes Fellowship. It takes the body of Christ working together, building each other up, encouraging one another. We can't do this alone. We need to help each other. We need to serve each other. As a pastor, I don't get stirred up and invigorated when I preach a good sermon. What really stirs me, what really gets me excited is that when I see people start to step out, when I see people thrive in whatever they're doing, I love hearing the testimonies. People come up, you know, through the weeks. Oh, yeah, I had this great conversation. Or, I had this opportunity to pray for someone, or you know, whatever the story may be. That's what excites me, because I'm just going, well, hopefully, God, I'm doing a good job here, because other people are starting to step out and do what you're calling to do and what you're drawing them in to do. That's what excites me. I love seeing others step out in faith, ministering to whatever opportunities they're given. Another point, this is only a small point, and you might think, oh, well, it's just a story. But Jesus rested in the storm, didn't he? You know, if you want to read it again, Matthew chapter 8, it's in there, verses 23 to 24. Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. Suddenly, a fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. I love that. Like physically, also, I was go how? <laughs> like he obviously just knew how to sleep well. But go beyond the physical story. The principle I see in the life of Jesus there is just going there. He didn't. He didn't let the circumstances around him faze him. And I love that when you read, you know, go, go through the Book of Acts and follow the life of Paul. He adapted that same attitude where there were things and crazy things going on around him. And he said, no, it's all going to be good because I know God's calling me to go here. You know, the whole shipwreck story that he went through. He had such confidence and that confidence boosted the whole crew, gave them the hope and faith to to, to say, no, we're going to survive this. Purely because Paul said, well, I already know what God's got in plan for me, so we're not stopping here. (laughs) Jesus didn't let the circumstances around him dictate. Slept during the storm, he rested. So, in the storms in your world, whether it's storms of you know this craziness of pandemic and all the changes going on in our world, or if it's just personal things, ask the Holy Spirit to get you to a place where you can rest in that. Another quick one Jesus ignored accusers, you know, in Mark chapter 5, verse 36, this was, you know. Uh, when he was helping uh, one of the rulers of the synagogue, and he, the ruler came, uh, one of his leaders came up, and he said, "Oh, my, my daughter's sick," and Jesus said, "All right, I'll, I'll come and heal her." And then a messenger came up saying, so, don't bother Jesus anymore; your daughter's died." This is what Jesus does. So this is—it's um, not the version I usually read from, but in your footnotes it might say, "You know, you know overhearing" or he, he overheard what the messenger said. But if you look at the footnotes, it says that he ignored it. So this passage, this version, I can't remember which version of Scripture it was, but it says, overhearing but ignoring what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be seized with alarm and struck with fear. Only keep on believing. And time and time again, there's moments in Scripture where Jesus ignored the crowd. He ignored the loud voices. You know, A couple of weeks ago when I spoke about choosing mercy, I highlighted the story of, uh, the lady caught in adultery. And in that story, Jesus ignored those men. He got down on the ground and wrote right in the sand. He's flatly ignored them. And I think there's times in our lives where we, we've got to ignore the accusers. We've got to ignore those voices around us. You know, the, the haters, <laughs> to, to use the, the common language that's been thrown around. You know, the people out there trying to cancel all things that are good. We've got to just flat and ignore them. Just go, whatever. I know the God I serve, I know the truth of the word. I'm not going to let those things dictate and control me. I'm just going to ignore them. Jesus knew when to block out and walk past those who were not healthy to his cause. We don't have it, we don't have to listen to everyone and everything. You don't. There's a lot of noise in our world. There's a lot of opinion. There's a lot of just rubbish out there. Yeah? For me, I can filter it. I can sort of listen to it and go, oh, yeah, I, I see their perspective, but they're wrong because of this or whatever. But for others, like for my wife, Prudence, you know, she can't do that. She just needs to go, no, only tell me what I need to hear. She doesn't listen to the news. For her, it just works her up too much. Each of you make a choice how that works. But make sure you ignore the noise. Make sure you don't let yourself get distracted by those things. The last point I wanted to make is that Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit. In a sense, I've come full circle. to sort of go, you know, how did Jesus be renewed? He he, he abided with the Holy Spirit. He, He was the Son of God. He was connected to the Spirit. John 14, yeah, read, read the whole chapter of John if you want because it's just a great description and just Jesus gives his reasoning really of why the Holy Spirit is given to us. Verses 15 to 17 says this, If you love me, obey my commandments and I'll ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Now the Holy Spirit's with us, but later he'll be in you. Talking about this new covenant, that when Jesus laid his life down before us, when that veil was torn in the temple, when his blood was shed for our sake, we can call out to Jesus, surrender our lives to him, and the Holy Spirit is given in us not just near us not just around us but within us we have the very presence of god within us we don't have to go find it we don't have to go to a special location we don't have to go to the temple we don't have to go to the church and we don't have to wait and petition and and cry out and say holy spirit where are you where are you no he's within us 24 7. And like Jesus, we can start to live a life that's just aware of that, that's alive with that, renewed because of that. The Holy Spirit is an internal source of the very presence of God. We don't have to go find it, we don't have to wait for it. It's readily available for us through the Holy Spirit. Jesus concludes this promise of the Holy Spirit with this verse. So verse 27, so still in John chapter 14. He says, I'm leaving you with a gift. A gift of the Holy Spirit. But He describes it this way. With a gift, peace of mind and heart. When you think of it to be truly renewed, that's where it starts, isn't it? To to allow yourself to be awakened and stirred and to, to come alive and be refreshed is to have peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I, I listen to news and I listen to commentators and things going on around, around the world, and they're, they're desperately pulling at strings to try and find hope and find stability. You know, whether it's the latest science or if it's the, the latest philosophy or the, the whatever, they're trying to find this peace. But the fact is, it cannot be found in anyone else but God. The world cannot give the peace that Jesus gives us. So don't be troubled or afraid. Renewal is possible. We can get moving again. We can start new things. Going deeper and further than we have before in the Holy Spirit. So church, let me pray. Lord God, I thank you that you are near. That you are so near, Lord God, that you are within. And Lord God, not just, not just hiding away within us, Lord God, but you are in every aspect of us, in every cell, Lord God. Your Holy Spirit is dwelling within. I pray, Lord God, for anyone here, Lord God, that just struggles with that idea or doesn't feel that they've got that relationship with you. Holy Spirit, I ask you, draw them. You reveal yourself in a new and deep and real tangible way i pray for this church as we step out lord god into this year as we step out believing that you are going to renew us that you're going to restore us that even though we may be feeling tired and worn and and just still adapting to the changes around us that you are calling us on to further your kingdom you're calling us on to further the reach of your hope and your gospel to the community around us thank you lord god for your word thank you for all that you're doing in this church in jesus name amen